I'm Rechard van der Berg. And I'm Duncan McLeod. This is Talk Central, episode 134 for the weekend starting 2 October 2015. Talk Central is brought to you by Tech Central, where you'll find South Africa's best technology journalism. That's right, Duncan. No headlines like printers that won't compromise your business security. <laughs> no, we don't <laughs> sell our editorial space to advertisers. On Talk Central this week, we talk digital migration in the Northern Cape. Also this week, we chat about Vodacom's new low-cost smart devices, and we chat about the new sports, live streaming, and VOD services. Before we get to all of that, though, we need to pay the bills. We'll be back in just a moment. Okay, my schnookums, I have to get back to work now. Oh, but I'm going to miss you. I'll miss you too, but I really have to go. Okay, Poopsie, but you hang up first. No, uh, you hang up first, my little pumpkin pie. No, you. No, you. No, you. This is not a work call, but it is taking place at work, and you are paying for it. But with Voice Supreme from Vox Telecom, you get the best call rate at only 59 cents per minute with per second billing. It's the perfect alternative to VoIP least cost routing. SMS 43255 and we'll call you back. Standard SMS rates, T's and C's apply. Sure. How's it, Richard? How's it, Duncan? Very good, thanks. Um, can you believe it's the final quarter of the year already? Yeah, where has 2015 gone? <laughs> it gets faster every year, doesn't it? Um, they say that as you get older... Uh, time goes faster. Time goes faster, yeah. It certainly seems to be the case. Uh, before we know it's going to be Christmas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's get on to the week's tech news. Um, I think uh, I think this week let's get uh, started by talking about digital migration. And there's actually some, some good news there, although it's... Uh, quite incremental uh, the development but we finally got the digital migration process started um, the communications minister Faith Matambi um, has begun the process of um, registrations for uh, the distribution of government subsidized free set-up boxes to a community called Kemos or Kemus in the northern Cape province mm. um, this is inside the square kilometer array radio telescope zone um, an area that needs to be migrated sooner than the rest of the country in fact sure. they're going to switch off analog broadcast in that area on the 1st of January next year so <laughs> they kind of have to move quite quickly <laughs> a little quick, yeah. um, but uh, you know small as it is it is the first step in actually getting these devices into the hands of consumers and getting this digital migration process underway. So hopefully we're still going to see a commercial launch of digital TV uh, beyond just this uh, SKA zone uh, before the end of the year. Um, ETV has uh, announced, or they haven't announced, uh, I, I, I found out that um, that they've, they've, uh, they're now seeking leave to uh, an application for leave to appeal. Uh, the judgment that went against them in the encryption matter. So that could be heading back to court if the judge decides to grant them leave to appeal. Of course, they could, I guess, do appear, um, you know, petition the Supreme Court of Appeal directly if they wanted to. Mm. Um, but um, the good news about the ETV application is that they haven't they haven't um, sought an urgent interdict again to stop the process. So the migration process can continue while the legal review is happening. Um, although, you know, given how long legal reviews take, uh, you know, um, even if, when they're brought on an urgent basis, they can take a long time. Uh, you know, one wonders where, how many of these non-encrypted set-top boxes are going to be in the market by mm. the time the ju judge makes a final decision. And by the time it eventually gets to maybe the constitutional court, the digital migration project will probably be over. Yeah. <laughs> would it be uneconomical to then revert back? I yeah. think so, yeah. Yeah. But um, at least the pro 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 project, which has been delayed by many years, is finally getting going. And um, let's hope this is the... 
there aren't going to be too many more obstacles in the way of yeah. getting this project done because it's so important to get that spectrum in the hands of uh, telecommunications providers. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, let's be honest, the delays for this thing is... is it's just it's it's kind of time wasting if you think about you know the people that in that square kilometer array for example that uh, you know they need to get switched on as soon as possible and that's just going to uh, you know kind of see through the rest of the country we need to get this up and running without mm. uh, without any delays yeah for sure anyway I wanted to talk also about uh, Vodacom's new low cost smart devices they held a press conference earlier this week to talk about these um, I wasn't expecting much out of it um, we saw them launch the smart kicker smartphone last year yes. which I think yeah, you I reviewed it, yeah. uh, it came in the market at four ninety nine, um, which is very aggressively priced it's now five ninety nine. it's gone up by 100 rand because of the weakening rand but they've, they've brought out four new devices, all developed by Vodafone in the UK. But um, very, very cool. Rechot's just taken out the um, smart, smart Ultra 6, smart Ultra which 6. looks a lot like a Galaxy, hey? Samsung Galaxy. It looks, like, it looks like a Galaxy and also looks a bit like an iPhone, I think, especially at the top. Yeah, a little bit, mm. but I said it certainly mm. looks more like uh, Samsung devices. But okay. beautiful build quality, right? It's great build quality. It's a little plasticky on the back, but for the price, three one nine nine, you can't That's really complain. Really good. And it's um, an it has an octa-core processor in it, uh, and a full HD display wow. for three one nine nine. Sixteen gigabytes of storage, flash storage, micro SD card uh, that supports cards of up to one hundred and twenty-eight gigabytes, and it's got a quite respectable thirteen megapixel camera. Uh, so it's it's not junk. No, it's not. <laughs> and and that's one of the things I liked about this uh, the range that Vodafone brought out last year. If you look at the tablet, I don't know what the model number is. This is the VF one two nine six. It says at the back, but it's it it is plastic, but it's a it's a solid feel. You mm. know, it's it's got a kind of a matte finish. It's it's not as heavy as what you would think it would be by looking at it. But this is certainly the kind of thing I can see myself walking around with. It's a lovely it's little a tablet. Beautiful. It hasn't got a retina screen as you, you, you would yeah, imagine. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, for the price, you can't really complain. So that's the PowerTab 10 tablet. Oh, power it has a 10.1-inch WXJ display with 10-point multi-touch, dual-core processor, 4,000 milliamp hour battery, 2-megapixel main camera. Okay, you don't really need a camera on the tablet. <laughs> uh, 3G, so there's no LTE in it, um, for 1799 oh, That's not bad. That's, That's not, not bad, bad at all. This will make a good Christmas present for sure. Yeah. Even this phone. I mean, yeah. what did you say? 3.1? 3.1. 3199. And um, it's got 4G LTE in it. Uh, and it's um, it's got a beautiful display. 1080p. It's it's. Um, I would say it's comparable to a top-end smartphone of 24 months ago. Which is still good enough for probably 90% of the population, if yeah. you think about it. Yeah. I mean, you just need something that's powerful. This, this thing, obviously. Yes, is. yes. Very, very cool. And the others, I mean, let's just so, so, so the, one the Smart Ultra 6 that you're looking at now, that, that's actually a contract made by ZTE. Um, and ZTE has been putting out some pretty good devices lately. I was yeah, looking at their new yeah. Blade smartphone, Ultra Thin smartphone the other day. It looks pretty good. And these two other devices, I haven't had a chance to play with them yet. We've got the, um, uh, which one have you got there? This is the Smart Grand. Smart Grand. Okay, that's just a large screen device. So it's similar to the one from last year. It looks yeah. and feels similar, but yeah. it's, this is still a very solid so Solid smart, in hand. The Smart Grand 6, that's a 5-inch uh, FWG VGA display, quad-core processor, Android 5.1, 1800mAh battery, 5 megapixel main camera, and 3G for 1,100 Rand. Wow. That's impressive. That really is impressive. And, and are all these phones manufactured by ZTE or just... I'm not sure. The, the certainly the, I haven't had a chance to look at those other ones, but the, certainly the Smart X, the 6 Ultra is a ZTE phone. Um, I actually noticed at the back in Tiny it says Made in China by ZTE. So does that one say anything? No. 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 
Could be made by Foxconn or one of those guys. <laughs> Probably, yeah. yeah. Just um, opening up the back here. No. No, no reference. Okay. But uh, pretty good for the price. Um, Very impressive. And then the last phone they've introduced is, uh, where is it? I've got it here. The Smart Speed 6. Uh, this is a 4G LTE device uh, that costs 1,299 Rand. Uh, so the Vodacom's claiming this is the cheapest uh, 4G LTE device on the market in South Africa. It's also got an FWVGA display, quad-core processor, uh, Android 5.1, micro SD card slot, 5 megapixel main camera, and 4G for 1299. So I think these are pretty cool devices. I think these are going to all of these are going to sell very well. Sell very well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, let's be honest with the rand dollar exchange rate. Electronics aren't getting cheaper for us, mm. and uh, if you can get your hands on something like this, and they look very good build quality, mm. and I'm very impressed. Yeah, the Smart Ultra 6 is the one that that, that I think is really going to do well. Yeah. At 3,200 rand for a full-featured high-end smartphone, um, that's got the same amount of storage on it than the, than the entry-level iPhone 6s. Yeah. Um, it's pretty good going. If you consider for an, an entry-level 6S, you're probably going to be paying north of 12 grand now with the Rand exchange rate where it is. Exactly, exactly. Uh, no, this makes a lot of sense. Mm. The only criticism I, I, I guess I have of Vodacom is the fact that their data rates are still relatively high. <laughs> um, so, you know... At 4G, uh, you might... At 4G, you may be burning, a more. burning through more than the value of the device quite quickly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm very impressed. I'm definitely going to look forward to... Uh, trying one of these out at some point just to see how they do and it work on a day-to-day -day basis anyway go check out um, you know welcome to take one today i mean try, try the smart object yeah, 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 finished reviewing that one or take one of the other ones um but it's um i think that smart ultra 6 is going to do particularly well given its uh given its price point and and, and its design it really looks mm. good it really does look they were very clever on making sure the price point is 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 almost unbelievable in some ways you go what is that really the phone the price it's yeah. you know at first glance at least yeah it's, yeah and as I said in my review of, of, of this P, of this particular device, it's you know unless unless you're um, you know unless you need to be associated with a brand, unless you you feel um, brand conscious. Yeah, if you're not unless you if you are if you aren't brand conscious, if you don't really care what device you're using, you don't, if you don't if you don't feel that you have to have a device in your pocket that has an Apple logo on it, for example, yeah. then um, then this is an obvious contender. Definitely, and and, I mean, and they come with a twenty-four month warranty as well. Sure, that's impressive. Yeah, look, I mean, walking around a phone like this, very few people are going to be able to distinguish this with a, or from, distinguish this from a very cheap phone. Yeah, exactly. It looks like a high-end phone. Yeah, yeah, it does. It does. Interesting. Yeah, it'll be good. It'll be interesting to see how these uh, sell over the festive period. Hmm. Obviously preloaded with a lot of Vodacom apps. It does, but um, uh, please report certainly on that on that the Ultra Six. They're quite uninstallable as well. They're not. Okay. They're not. They're not. They're a system apps. You can just get rid of them. Sure. And sure. a lot of them are junk, so you probably do want to get rid of them. <laughs> and the 13 megapixel camera. Have you tried that? I have. Uh, not not exhaustively, but uh, I just took a couple of pictures around the place, and um, even even in low light conditions, it seemed pretty good. Rechel's just having a look yeah, now. Just taking uh, a. Yeah, 13, megapix uh, 13 megapixels, I mean, certainly don't need more. Very, very nice phone. Yeah. Mm. No, I'll definitely play with that uh, for a few days and see see what it's like compared to my 13 grand iPhone 6. Thank you very much. <laughs> i tell you the one phone that uh, I'm really looking forward to is the new Sony Xperia Z5 Premium. Yeah, have you seen that? Have you seen this? I've heard about it. I haven't seen it. No, no. It's absolutely amazing. They've just started selling it on the Orange Store. It's um, retailing for 12 thousand one hundred I think 
or that changes on a daily basis with the exchange rate. Uh, let me just see if I can bring it up here quickly. Uh, Sony um, premium, that, there we go, 12.2. Uh, and um, it really is a stunning looking phone. Uh, let me just uh, bring up the black version. Of you were quite a big fan of the Xperia Z4 last year, weren't you? Z3. Oh, the Z3, the sorry. Z3, yeah. They've gone straight from the Z3 to the Z5. It is a great phone, especially the battery life. It's mm. um, solid two days, and they're promising the same with this. But the Z5 Premium has a 5.5-inch display with a 4K resolution, Jeez. delivering a pixel density of 806 ppi. <laughs> Wowzers. <laughs> What's the battery life like with that beast? They're claiming it's going to be two days. Um, it's got a 3430 milliamp hour battery. And just about everything else you could imagine, including a fingerprint sensor in the power button on the side of the phone. Oh, nice. That's a good place to put it. It is, yeah. Exactly where your thumb is. Mm. Um, so I'm really looking forward to playing with this device. But not, not, a, not officially available through through the South African channels? Um, not yet. Um, I think the the uh, Z5 Compact, which is a, also a very popular phone sure, sure. Um, because of its size, and the um, Z, the regular Z5 uh, are going to go, go on sale in South Africa in the next month or so. Um, and I understand the Z5 Premium will be coming to this market either right towards the end of the year or early next year. Mm, mm. Nice. But stunning-looking phone, quite expensive though. Yeah. <laughs> Certainly compared to the yeah, yeah. So you, I mean, you can't compare these two price-wise. Yeah. I mean, this one will just knock it out of the water. But then the Smart Ultra doesn't have a 4K display, for sure. <laughs> Which is insane. Let's, let's, let's it is insane. Play. I would still still argue that probably you probably won't need a 4K display. No, it's just yet. It's Sony, nice to have. It's Sony's showing off, really. Yeah. Um, I don't think you can. You probably can't even tell the difference between a. Um, you know, a 2K and a 4K display yeah, on a smartphone no. that size. Yeah, no, I don't think you would. Unless uh, your camera records in 4K and then you'll be able to see some sharpness yeah. on screen. And of course, this, this device's camera records 4K. Video. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. <laughs> um, and, and plays nicely if you've got a Sony 4K TV. Okay, no, of course, mm. of course. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't. <laughs> Which I don't. And I won't be tempted to buy it. But you've got another 4K screen, so perhaps there's some synergies there. Well, yeah, reviewing an LG phone. But, um, <laughs> you know, Sony, LG. Mm. Maybe they'll play together. Hmm. Cool. So that's Vodacom's new low-cost devices. Um, did you see the news this week at Edward Snowden had joined Twitter? Yeah, and I was his 185,000th follower, I think it was. I stopped counting at 182,000. Okay. I think he hit a million <laughs> the first 24 hours, if I'm not mistaken. What's he on now? They were, you could actually I saw a video of a guy I think it was uh, Richard Mulholland who posted a video of one of his friends uh, sitting there tapping refresh on the screen and with every refresh there was like 80,000 more followers oh wow uh, it was crazy it's, it's 1.25 okay it slowed down uh, it slowed down quite a lot but uh, quite funny after um 19 hours of being on the service he tweets I forgot to turn off notifications Twitter sent me an email for each follow favorite retweet and direct message 47 gigabytes of notifications <laughs> lesson learned <laughs> but I think my favorite thing about Edward Snowden on Twitter is the fact that he's only following one account and it's, not, it's the NSA <laughs> who apparently are not following him back <laughs> that's sharp that's sharp I love that but uh, oh, it's good to it's good to see him on Twitter, and uh, it'll be nice to have some direct uh, communications or seeing some direct yeah. communications from him on this. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it's going to. Um, I think that um, America is going to find it very difficult to prosecute this guy if he ever decides to return to America. Because can you imagine the public outrage? Yeah. Um, if he's incarcerated. Yeah, I mean, he's single-handedly been responsible, or essentially been responsible for. For exposing all these things that uh, we're now seeing the downfall of. Yeah. 
Um, well, yeah. Or starting to see, I hope. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Welcome to Twitter, at Snowden. Yeah, I just uh, remember to turn off your notifications if you are a celebrity or somebody who's going to expect a lot of followers. <laughs> yes, indeed. 47 gigabytes of email notifications. There's a lot of little graphics yeah. in there. Yeah. It's got a big inbox. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, what else is there to talk about this week? Altec Node. Or the lack thereof. Untimely <laughs> demise. Uh, yeah. Not surprising, really. No, I mean, the last year when we started speaking, when, when you, you had the box to test earlier, and I know you had some uh, some objections to some of the things, well, not objections, but you, you had some uh, concerns with some of the features and how it worked. Um, well, my, my main concern was it was, it was difficult to use. Um, it, it was not. It was designed by engineers, not by U, UX mm, experts. Mm. Um, it, it, needed, it needed UX experts to get in there and really declutter it. I mean, people don't give much thought to when they're using their DSTV, for example, about what that user interface looks like. But I can tell you there must be tons of work that goes into oh, yeah. making sh- on, into every little element of that user inter- experience design. Um, and that was sorely lacking on the, on the node. It was, it was as if it was built for engineers with, in, you know, built by engineers for engineers. Um, mm. uh, you know, if you, if you don't mind tinkering a lot and, and, and fiddling and going through you know, difficult to understand menus and all sorts of things like that, then, then sure, I'm sure you would have loved it. But for your average consumer, it was too complicated. Yeah. And, and, and it wasn't clear what the value proposition was, whether this thing was supposed to be some sort of home, home automation thing, whether it was supposed to be a, a, a video on demand box. It, it, it wasn't clear what it was. It was yeah. trying to be all things to all men. And in the process, it was nothing to no one. And they also didn't launch with any of those really awesome sounding and looking uh, accessories that you could plug in like the cameras mm. like the home mm. security stuff and that just wasn't available at mm. launch mm. Uh, mm. It, it, it seems like they, they rushed it out to to kind of be part of the race and mm. in doing so they kind of missed the boat where they should have probably just held off for a few more months um, and, and you know launch with a full package mm. and a, a, a better kind of user interface yeah yeah, and it's a, it's a tough market out there. We're seeing a lot of uh, a lot of streaming services that don't require a set top box, um, mm. and and potentially that could have also put people off. I mean, am I buying a DSTV subscription type service, or is it something else? Yeah, sad to see these things uh, uh, kind of not not making it. Yeah, but I it guess was, only the strong will survive. It was also it was also too expensive, and they ended up dropping the price. Uh, I mean, it could start at three triple nine just for the box, and then you were expected to make it two hundred and ninety nine rand a month. Um, commitment to the service mm. um, for something that actually lacked content uh, there was content on there but it was it was not the nearly the same as the sort of content you'd get on something like a DSTV or even a DSTV compact yeah, yeah. Um, so it was it was it just wasn't fully thought through and um, do you have any idea of the amount of boxes they sold don't no idea they've never disclosed that they have said they're going to provide some sort of reimbursement to you to subscribers who purchased it, I forget the amount. It was some token amount. Um, didn't you say two and a half, or didn't I? Just a couple and a half, or two, two and a half, half or something. It rings a bell. Yeah, I'd have to look up the story. But um, um, yeah, it's just another bit of bad news for the Ultron Group, which can't seem to catch a break at the moment. Mm, it's um, mm. yeah, all of its businesses, except for Bytes, the IT business, which is doing very well. Uh, the rest of the business is really <laughs> in the doldrums. Uh, their results are out next week, so it'll be interesting to see just how bad they are but the share price has, uh, has I mean, absolutely slaughtered over the last 12 months sure. yeah. and of course we've seen Craig Fenter um, retire um, uh, you know one of the sons of Bill Fenter and Robbie's still there but uh, running the, the group but um, uh, you know talk is that he's going to be moving on quite soon and they're looking for an external person to take the reins sure mm. 
Dark days ahead, I guess. Yeah, the, the thing is, the trick is to know when to buy the shares because it's going to bottom at some point, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. And then I think so, you're make so a are you keeping an eye on those, sir, then? I'm watching it very closely. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm a bit scared of the, uh, of the, of the stock market, but um, uh, yeah, it's uh, currently sitting at 7.25. Um, you know, depending on what the results look like next week, there could be more downside there before mm-hmm. we reach the bottom. And I think we'd probably need news on who's going to take the reins of the group and yeah, before yeah. there's any sort of turnaround but um, I mean, as we saw at Telcom when when Sipo uh, Maseko took over it was the share price bottomed I think about three weeks after he took over and since then it's just been going through the roof it's come back a bit in the last few months but uh, there was a huge buying opportunity there when they put the new management team in mm. um, and if you're a share watcher share trader then there could be an opportunity here soon when the when the management has changed. Tech central hint of the day. <laughs> yes. yes. And if you lose your money, do not sue us. <laughs> <laughs> disclaimer, insert disclaimer, yeah. yeah. Cool. But just, just one more thing on this Ultron. It, mm. it, you know, I was thinking about this the other day, and the technology obviously is sound. It's great tech. Um, the decoder is amazing. What, what happens? What is happening to them? Are they just parking this in the, the back room until the day comes where they can resuscitate? Or yeah. I mean, is it a matter of selling it on to somebody else? They had, they had, they had been talking about selling it. They, they, in fact, put out a send statement on the JSC saying that they were in negotiations with the company about selling it. Those obviously fell through. Mm. Um, and now they've said they're going to retain the IP. Um, but they're not planning to do anything with it for the foreseeable future. Yeah, maybe hopefully somebody's got a plan for it because uh, I always hate to see good tech just get stored in a room somewhere yeah. and get used. Yeah. Anyway, cool. Sticking with um, streaming and video on demand and this sort of thing, I had a fascinating chat last week with uh, a startup from Pretoria called Streamit360. And um, quite unlike all the other VOD players we've seen launched in this market, these guys are focusing specifically on, on, on live streaming and video on demand sports content. Um, and this is the one area where everyone, you know, is always complaining. You know, you know, the VOD services are great, but where's the live sport? Mm-hmm. Um, now, these guys are not going to be offering you the, the cricket and the rugby, certainly not the major games anyway, because they can't, because those rights have been tied up by uh, Supersport, part of MultiChoice. Um, but what they are doing is they're going, f- they're going, they're having conversations with with niche sporting federations. And not so niche as well. I think things like tennis federations, mm. uh, and and uh, they're working with Cycling South Africa. They've um, they did a live stream uh, not so long ago of the Paris uh, Paracycling Championships. They've done bodybuilding competitions. They've tennis, uh, a number of other sporting nice. codes. Um, and you know, while the founder of this company, uh, Apple's Appleton, uh, says that um, you know they yeah, interesting name <laughs> says that um, they. Uh, you know, there, there aren't massive audiences for each of these yeah. sports. When you when you put all the sports together, there's a sizable audience. And he says you can do this stuff much cheaper uh, than streaming it live to the web and to mobile, which is their main focus at the moment, um, than doing a traditional linear broadcast. A yeah. fraction of the cost, he says, one-tenth of the cost. Sure. And they've, they've got the equipment and they're doing this stuff already. They, um, you know, they... they uh, you know, they, what they do is, for example, one way, one way they do this is if they're following, say, a, a cycling competition, they'll actually roll out kilometers of fiber along the route 
uh, back to their outside broadcast van. Oh, that's cool. And then okay. I'll just go with their cameras and I'll just follow the action and stream it back to the, we'll send it back to the van and then send it straight out, to, out onto the web. They also create virtual studios. This is a good example of one if you go and look at uh, the video on the story. They create a virtual studio that had Arnold Getz there interviewing, I think it was the Paracycling, I stand to be corrected, uh, you know, interviewing some of the contestants and that sort of thing. Um, so I think it's a great idea and it, I don't think it has to be limited to sports either. You could, uh, you could take yeah. this to, to music concerts, you could do this in all sorts of interesting ways. I'm also almost thinking of it like a public access type uh, setup where, you mm. know, if you have the platform like this, you can, you know, content creators, mm. there are a lot of them out there and if you can get the right kind of content on here, you've got a really cool solution. Yeah, yeah. I think their, their back end needs a bit of work in terms of the presentation and the way they, 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 they do the streams and stuff, but... Um, um, and they're looking for funding at the moment, um, but uh, uh, I, th I think it's a very interesting startup, and I think it has the potential to to go a long way. So go go check them out. Yeah. Uh, there's some there's lots of feeds on uh, or videos on YouTube where you can see some of the stuff they've recorded in the past. Just go check out this. Just search for Streamer 361 Word on uh, on Tech Central, and uh, you'll find the story on 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 Mr. Apple's Appleton. Nice. I'm definitely going to check that out. Cool. <coughs> well, I think that wraps up the news for this week. Um, shall we get on to our winners and losers? Yeah. Uh, I think our, our winner this week, um, uh, I don't know if you saw the story, Rechard, really interesting story about uh, the South Africa moving up seven places in terms of co its um, competitiveness, according to the latest World Economic uh, Forum's uh, annual competitive report, which looks at 140 countries around the world. And we've moved up from, I think it was 56th to 49th. And it's all, or mostly, uh, attributable uh, to improvements in our internet access mm, in South Africa. Mm. Um, and obviously the fiber that we've seen being rolled out. Fiber, better mobile broadband, uh, the undersea cables, all, all of this yeah, yeah. is um, has contributed to, to this. Unfortunately, we, 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 we're really bad at other, other things. Like we're still stone last in the world in terms of science and maths education, 140 mm. out of 140 sure. countries. But in ICT, we actually we've actually helped lift the country, which is fantastic news, and I think that offers all sorts of lessons about what can be done in this country. Mm. Um, a competitive market, um, you know, largely um, l you know left out of you know largely without government interference in the market. Although government hasn't helped the industry by holding back on spectrum allocation and yeah. the rest of that sort of thing. But um, a largely a largely healthy and competitive market, which it wasn't a few years ago when telecom dominated the space and we only had two op mobile operators. But um, but it's good news, and I think the telecoms industry deserves a pat on the back for uh, for helping push up South Africa's competitiveness. So our telecoms industry broadly is our winner this week. Yeah, definitely. Well done. And our loser this week is um, our Minister of Higher Education um, and also head of the South African Communist Party, one Bladen Zamande for some remarks you made this morning about um, the media industry. You made some comments about diversity in the media, which perhaps have some merit, but um, I just found it amusing that he then went on to criticize Naspers um, and Multichoice specifically uh, for having a monopoly over the pay TV industry. Uh, and I, I just find it I just find it amusing that a communist could have a problem with a monopoly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't communists believe in monopolies, especially when they control them? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's his problem. Maybe he doesn't yeah, control he doesn't the monopoly. <laughs> he wants to control the media. <laughs> anyway, hmm. I found it amusing, and um, I thought his comments were uh, 
Uh, we all know that Bladen Zamande doesn't like the media. Um, he uses just about every public platform he can get onto to, to slam journalists and to slam editors and to mm. to, to criticise the media. So um, I just find it amusing that a dyed-in-the-wool communist, um, an ideological dinosaur like um, Dr. Nzamande, um can can uh, criticize uh, a monopoly given um, what he believes <laughs> anyway less said That's about funny. it yeah. probably the better anyway um uh, what's your pick this week Richard? so uh, as you know duncan i've been a, a cord cutter for a few years now um and i love it i absolutely love not having to uh, i love having to get uh, i love getting contact content directly from when you from say cord source. cutter you mean satellite cutter satellite cutter okay. well any, essentially I don't have any I don't have any yeah, kind of terrestrial TV or, or satellite TV coming right. to my house so right. the only way I watch TV is online um, obviously Netflix YouTube a uh, little bit of BBC iPlayer right um, which you're supposed to pay a TV license for well I mean, if you're <laughs> in the UK right well <laughs> <laughs> but um, one of the things obviously in, in being a cord cutter one of the biggest and we, we touched on this earlier is that you don't get access to sport um, yeah. and in times of World Cup like we're in now with the Rugby World Cup yeah. you know you kind of do feel left out if you can't get access to your sport right. if you're clever you can google a few sites and then do some searching you'll you'll come across a stream somewhere that somebody's pirating off an international feed but you know if, if the game's starting it's it's always difficult to get that mm. thing up and running quickly mm. um, then just before the World Cup two weeks ago I uh, for the first time, I actually tried ITV Play, and I've heard a lot about this, and a few people have commented online about it being a really trustworthy solution. Yeah. Um, so I tried it out. It's free subscription, ITV, uh, ITV.com. You go up there, you subscribe, um, and then essentially when you get to the ITV Player, it's similar to BBC uh, iPlayer, where yeah. you have three or four channels that you can, uh, live channels that you can yeah. scroll through uh, and just watch whatever TV reality shows are on there. Um, ITV, ITV is like our ETV. They're a free-to-air broadcast yes, in the UK. Yes, yeah. and th- they've got some surprisingly good content on them. I mean, if you look at Downton Abbey, which is an incredibly popular TV show yeah. for a certain demographic, yeah. uh, it's, it's on there. Uh, we don't watch Coronation Street, all those things, but uh, <laughs> but the thing that that I'm obviously focusing on here is is the Rugby World Cup, sure. um, and their coverage of it has been superb. You know, it's it's been 720p. I didn't get 1080p streams, but it's fine for my TV, um, and it's been rock solid. You know, I haven't had any problems unless my telecom connection goes down, which unfortunately hasn't happened yet. But uh, I'm very impressed, uh, especially if you want to watch the World Cup games. Mm. Um, you know, that's it's certainly the way to go. Uh, so that's the ITV player. Uh, I can highly recommend it if you want to follow the World Cup and you don't have access to Supersport. That's or Club. What um, what uh, VPN are you using to access it? So I'm using. Oh yeah, you do need a VPN for this, obviously. Uh, I'm using Media Hint. Oh, Media Hint. Okay, yeah, I yeah, use yeah. that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's uh, that's great. I, I did try ITV the ITV player out about a year ago. Um, but I can't watch their regular programming because there's just too much advertising. Um, yeah. There's literally five minutes of advertising for every ten minutes of programming. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I guess with the rugby, it's a live event, so they can't they can't really do that. Yeah. So I mean, obviously, in half time you have uh, UK based ads, yeah. but you know that doesn't matter. You still have the you still get the game, and yeah, uh, yeah. It's just as good as the real thing, I guess. Yeah. So if you do not have DSTV and want to watch the rugby, go check it out. ITV Player. Cool. My pick this week is actually something we spoke about at the beginning of the show, and that's this um, Smart Ultra 6 from Vodacom. I'm not going to go rehash it all again, because uh, we've uh, spent enough time talking about it, but really is a cool device. And uh, at the price, it's absolutely aggressive. I mean, if, you, if you're a budget-conscious uh, 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 consumer uh, looking for a high-end, and this is a high-end device. Mm. Um, it's not the top end, but it is a high-end device. Um, 
then uh, go check it out. It's, it's pretty good. And uh, because, of course, uh, uh, phones in South Africa can't be locked to networks, um, according to regulations, you can just go buy this from Vodacom and pop another operator SIM in it if you, yeah. want, if you don't like Vodacom's uh, data pricing. That's so, and, yeah. and let's be honest. I mean, if you look at what most people use phones for, you d- most people don't need the most high-end phone. Mm. This one specs certainly going to be more than sufficient for most people using it. Yeah, especially running your your standard fare of apps. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And uh, it's running Android 5.0, so it's not the very latest one. And the only downside I would imagine of this phone is that um, is that it may not get uh, it may not get updates. Um, Vodacom hasn't said anything publicly on that, but. Uh, um, it's it's a very vanilla sort of Android on here. That's it's almost. I mean, the Vodacom has done, or Vodafone rather, has done almost no um, uh, customizations to the interface. It looks like vanilla mm-hmm. Android. So it would be relatively easy for them to push out uh, updates. So hopefully Should they'll be, yeah. hopefully they'll come and hopefully this device will get marshmallow when it gets released later this year. I wonder what the the hackability of this is. I mean, is it something you can? Put uh, your own kind of uh, <coughs> vanilla versions of Android on there, or Cyan Gen Mod, or anything like that. I guess you'd need to find out if it's a. Um, but this is sold by Vodafone worldwide, so it's um, it, it's it's going to there's going to be millions of them in the market. Mm. So I'm sure Cyan Gen Mod and other other custom mm-hmm. custom ROMs will become available for it. And it's also it's made by ZTE, so I wonder if it's based on a particular ZTE handset. And if it is, oh, then then maybe uh, you know maybe that handset. You just need to look out for the details of that handset. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Um, I, I suspect, though, it was custom designed for Vodafone. But the fact that it's not just being sold in South Africa, it's being sold around the world in Vodafone markets, I think yeah. suggests there's going to be a big enough base of it out there for enthusiasts to start creating custom ROMs for it. For sure. Mm. Look, I just think it could be a good development platform, too, for anybody, for any phone developer who wants to develop on Android but can't afford to buy four or mm. five uh, mm. you know, expensive Android devices. Mm. This, this makes a lot of sense. Again, um, as an entry-level or as a as an entry-level price yeah. device. That's yeah. not an entry-level device. Yeah, for sure. Excellent. Well, that's our show for this week. Um, as always, if you've got any feedback, please drop us a line. Uh, our email address is info at techcentral.co.za. Until next Friday, from Rechad and myself. Cheers. Ciao.